talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking, 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 talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking, 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 talking with tones too. Hey everybody, and thank you for listening to Talking with Tones Tube, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. Welcome to episode five of Talking with Tones Tube, and the topic of the day is what Star Wars means to me. You guys know that I love Star Wars, and I want to talk all about it. So this episode is going to be primarily a Star Wars-esque show. So I hope you enjoy this one, y'all. And if you don't like Star Wars... You lost. Star Wars Celebration just came out, and there's a lot of exciting news, exciting buzz to talk about as it relates to the Star Wars universe. So the main topic today is going to be Star Wars and what Star Wars means to me. If you don't like Star Wars, then maybe you want to check me on the next episode. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, maybe you want to check out something new and explore something new. What I'd like to start talking about is my first hands-on experience with Star Wars. Basically, when I was, I think, one or two years old, and I was in the drive-in movie theater, and my mom's brought me there, and I was in the car, and the cantina scene came on, and I was crying my eyes out, and I was just like, Mom, get me out of here. I'm not down with this cantina scene. Crying, crying, crying like a madman. So I was crying like a madman, and I was like, probably ODing because of the creatures on the camera and stuff like that. So when I first saw Star Wars, I was petrified. And that's the darn truth. Little did I know that it was going to turn out to be this gigantic part of my life and that I was going to love it so darn much. I love it so darn much that people think I have a problem. I think I'm kind of addicted to Star Wars. You know, nothing was like Star Wars. Star Wars was like nothing I ever saw before. Now, something about that first movie is just really, um, it captured me. And it captures people that watch this one. Like the formula that happened for this movie was just so much was happening in this movie that you never saw before. And it was really cool. It was really different. It was well done. I mean, you had aliens in it. You had different looking costumes. I mean, at the time it was a huge budget, but it wasn't this big budget crazy millions and millions of dollars movie. And I know they went over budget on that one too. There's so many fascinating things that happened during this process. Now, George Lucas, when he created this and came out with this, a lot of people that he went to thought he was crazy and they thought it was a joke and they thought it was like a silly story and no production studios wanted to have anything to do with it at the time. But he did have American Graffiti under his belt. He did have some credibility because that one was a successful movie. And I know that the guy from 20th Century Fox, Alan Ladd Jr., I remember watching one of the documentaries and he said that he didn't know, he really didn't know what Star Wars was about. He didn't really get it, but he believed in George Lucas. And I think that's how he greenlit the movie. The movie went on to have some, you know, production issues and stuff like that. But it's, it's just an interesting story in itself to hear about the production of the original film. But that was a very interesting story in itself. There is a documentary called, I think it's Empire of Dreams. And it's it actually is on Disney. And it's one of the most interesting documentaries I've ever seen in my life. It's not just because I'm super interested in Star Wars. This is a really interesting story. I think you can make a story about the story. I hope they do that one day. But anyway, that movie in itself, it was about heroism. It was about good versus evil. It was about people who started from the bottom and worked their way up. It was about so many different things. And I know George Lucas was big on this um, mythological, philosophical storytelling where, you know, there was the good guys and the bad guys sort of thing, and um, that anyone can accomplish anything sort of thing. That's where Luke Skywalker comes in, and he was this little punky, little whiny farmer boy or whatever that became from zero to hero, and it was just such an interesting story. Of course, throwing a couple of lightsabers and some awesome guns and stormtroopers, you got an amazing movie. So, you know, I love that movie 
from beginning to end. There's so many classic scenes. I will never get tired of it. I memorized the lines. Um, the part where Han shot Greedo, all that stuff, you know. Han Solo, you know, I was a big fan of Han Solo. Uh, I loved him. I loved the Millennium Falcon. Just stuff you never saw before on the screen, y'all. Loved that movie. Great from beginning to end. Luke Skywalker was on his way to becoming, you know, this cool Jedi thing. Whatever Jedi was at the time, you didn't know. But it was interesting. And... You know, it went on to become The Empire Strikes Back. And, you know, for me, if I were to pick my favorite movies of all time, you know, The Empire Strikes Back is my favorite. That would probably be my number one or number two movies in any list, any list. So Empire Strikes Back to me was a different type of movie as well. Um, it continued the story of Luke Skywalker, got more into a little bit of the, the crew, the Rebels, Han Solo, Darth Vader. Um, of course, Boba Fett was in there. Cloud City was in there. The Hoth scene, that classic Hoth scene was in there. Bespin, Cloud City was in there. So many cool things going on in Empire Strikes Back. It continued the story. Now, the story that it continued was just a phenomenon. I was just enthralled with it. I remember my Aunt Pat and Uncle Joe took me to see Empire Strikes Back. I think it was 1981 or 1982. And I was like so happy that I got to see the continuation of this, my favorite movie. And I used to collect the Star Wars figures. I remember that's all I really wanted. I remember my cousin Jennifer always got the same figures that I got. So so, you know, we, we each had the same figures and we would play with them together and stuff. I just remembered Star Wars being such an important part of my childhood. I remember the kid next door to me had some Star Wars um, dolls. They were like six, six inch dolls. And I was so jealous that he had them and I didn't. And it was just really an interesting... Stormtroopers were cool-looking and interesting. Jawas were cool-looking and interesting. Luke Skywalker was cool-looking and interesting. I just remember being completely blown away by Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back was an amazing film. Irvin Kirshner, who I actually found out was one of George Lucas's teachers, directed that one. George Lucas did write the story and executive produced amazing film. It actually was the first movie that I ever saw where the good guys kind of lost. And to me, that was a completely different scenario. You never really saw that in the movies. Some other movies kind of followed suit, like Lord of the Rings and the uh, Avengers, Avengers Infinity Gauntlet stuff, where the good guys actually lost. It's just really interesting because you normally don't see that in any flicks. So that was mega interesting in itself. I like any story that's dark and gritty. That's kind of my wheelhouse, you know. So that was pretty totally awesome. You had that big revelation where Darth Vader was like, Luke, I am your father. And they chopped off his hand and stuff. And that... that that whole scene was classic with the backgrounds and the sceneries and all that stuff. And, of course, they froze Han. Boba Fett got away with Han Solo. And you were like, oh, no, you know, Han Solo was one of my favorite characters. He's like, what's going to happen to Han Solo? That Empire Strikes Back movie from beginning to end just blew me away. I can watch it a million times and never get sick of it. Boba Fett, Lando Calrissian, just the introduction of so many cool characters. And then, of course, you're continuing the adventure of Luke and Leia and Han. Just really, really cool. Love, love, love that movie. And then, of course, you have Return of the Jedi, where, you know, Return of the Jedi continued that story and, you know, how Luke Skywalker rescued Han and the Bausch disguise that Leia came in with and that, that rouge that they had going on there. It was just really interesting, different storytelling. 3PO was already there. R2 was already there. R2 had a lightsaber inside of him, you know, that was pretty cool. So there's a lot of coolness going on there, a lot of cool stuff. It shows how Darth Vader came back to the good side. He did bring balance to the Force, as Qui-Gon initially said would happen with Anakin 
Skywalker and, and it, the tale came true. Really interesting. Emperor Palpatine got thrown down that pit and evaporated or whatever. So that was interesting where um, Han Solo was in the Endor and he had to take the force field down and a lot of cool space scenes and stuff like that and dogfights in outer space. Like Star Wars had it and that was awesome. But like Return of the Jedi got a little bit more in depth. It got better at that movie making process and stuff. So Return of the Jedi's dogfight scenes in space was definitely revolutionary and totally awesome. You know, after this trilogy was done, he went back and did a special edition. He added some CG stuff. He was just toying around with the technology to have the next couple of movies. Like, he pushed the envelope in so many different ways with this movie. Lucasfilm and his whole studio, Industrial Light and Magic, pushed the envelope beyond. George Lucas was a genius in that sense, where he just kept wanting to push the envelope and come up with these original stuff. And, like, his crew really just, this story is super interesting. There's a Disney Plus series and that, you know, the Industrial Light and Magic stuff, that really blows me away and it's super interesting, that idea that it was magic. It really was magic because you see it on the screen and it's like you see this um, special effects and you're like, wow, it looks real and it's not and they make you feel like it's real. So, you know, Industrial Light and Magic, revolutionary, pushed the envelope. Of course, George Lucas and Star Wars helped do that. When he did Special Edition, that actually opened the realm for him to do CG stuff, computer-generated stuff, and the technology was getting bigger and better. Computers were getting bigger and better and stronger. Then he went on to make those next three films, which was The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and The Revenge of the Sith. Now, I liked all three of these. I know Phantom Menace was a little bit more political. It explained the story behind the politics and the, the Trade Federation and all this political crap going on. And in a way, you didn't care, but you had to tell that story to explain it. To me, you know, like, it was totally awesome because you had Darth Maul. There was a lot of cool stuff in there. The pod racing scene was cool. Now, this is pod racing. Some of it was a little cheesy and corny like Jar Jar, but whatever, man. It was cool. It was Star Wars, man. You know, like the battle droids were cool looking. The special effects were beyond. They really stepped it up a notch as it relates to special effects. I enjoyed all those movies. Phantom Menace was awesome. I mean, Darth Maul, you know, the samurai looking dude, double lightsaber, kicking butt, fighting two Jedi. Like, you never saw anything like that on the silver screen. So, you know, Darth Maul was totally awesome. Loved it. Qui-Gon Jinn, cool. Liam Neeson destroyed that part. He played that part so perfectly. And then, of course, Ewan McGregor, man. Like, Ewan McGregor, great job at Obi-Wan. Like, not an easy thing to do. To be the young Sir Alec Guinness, you know, not easy to do, but he did a hell of a job. Of course, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman was great in that too, Padme. I know Aiden Christensen doesn't always get love. I mean, I appreciate him because he played Anakin, pretty much. Some of his acting was pretty bad, you know, it was pretty cheesy, but I appreciate him, especially in the newer episodes for Obi-Wan. You know, like, you really have a love and an appreciation. Also thought it was interesting how they brought back Jar Jar Binks uh, on my best character, and they made him a Jedi, and they made him save Grogu. That was interesting. Give the guy a little bit of redemption. So stop busting on my best balls, Star Wars fans. I guess that's what Dave Filoni and John Favreau were trying to do there, but it worked, man. I mean, he was a kick-ass Jedi in that episode. So cool. More power to you, bro. More power to you. So, you know, then you had those movies and like the way that they wrapped up that movie, Attack of the Clones was awesome. I mean, you had Django Fett and you had, the, you know, this ill fight scene with Obi-Wan on Kamino and, you know, I love that fight scene. And then, you know, you had like that big beef brawl between all of those 
those mosquito-looking bug guys, and you had Count Dooku with that bent lightsaber, and you had uh, Mace Windu and all these cool-looking Jedis fighting a bunch of super battle droids. And to today's standards, I can understand how people might want a better flick, but I actually thought they were pretty darn good. Revenge of the Sith tied it up nicely with a bow. You know, the way that that, that mask came on Hayden Christensen, and you, you know, first heard him breathe and talked like Darth Vader. It was totally awesome, and to me, it was seamless the way it came together, especially where Rogue One goes into Star Wars A New Hope. That was pretty seamless. It felt pretty amazing to watch how that happened and the, and, and the progression and the transition into the next movie. It was like, wow, they really tied that together nicely. I thought that was really well done. Uh, Rogue One was a great flick in itself. It kind of stands in a class of its own in a way. Um, really great movie. And that's a movie where the good guys really do lose, but they sacrifice. And if it wasn't for what they did, they would not have been able to blow up that Death Star. Will last longer than we will against that Death Star. <laughs> like Lando in Return of the Jedi. And then Admiral Backbar. Okay, cop! <laughs> so many classic scenes. Just love Star Wars, man. I'm such a Star Wars geek. I'm such a Star Wars fan. I'm such a Star Wars nerd. I am proud of it, y'all. See, you know what I'm saying? I got the Star Wars gear, you know what I mean? Got the Star Wars gear. I got the Mando and the Grogu, the Empire Strikes Back cap. You got to look at the bill, y'all. It's a nice bill, so it has the, you know, the poster of the Empire Strikes Back there. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are listening to the podcast, you need to check out the vid and check out this dope hat, this Empire Strikes Back hat. It's pretty nice. Got the nice Empire Strikes Back logo on there, and then you got the, the bill is the actual poster of the Empire Strikes Back, which has the classic Luke Skywalker on the Tauntaun. You got Han Solo and Princess Leia about to kiss. You know, Lando's at the bottom, and you got C-3PO and Chewbacca and Cloud City is in the background. Pretty cool hat. But anyway, yeah, so, you know, talking about Revenge of the Sith, that can arguably be one of the best. Revenge of the Sith was pretty good. Maybe that's my number two. It could be my number three. I mean, Empire is my number one. Star Wars, I think A New Hope has to be my number two. Uh, I guess you could flip-flop those two because Star Wars A New Hope is the first one. So if you got to put that in order, that's a tough one to do. But still, I'm a huge Empire fan. And then after that, you know, Revenge of the Sith is up there, y'all. Revenge of the Sith is definitely up there. Return of the Jedi's got to be up there. I mean, the classic films to me are a little bit more uh, legendary and epic. Probably because I grew up watching them. Probably because, you know, they, they have the Ridge characters. And I just think they were super well done, you know, for the time. Even You know, those movies were ahead of its time. You know, and I like the new movies, y'all. You know, some people out there, oh gosh, you didn't like those new films. I mean... I really enjoyed Force Awakens. It retold the story almost the same. Okay. But, you know, you replaced Luke with a girl. Okay. You know, fine. Um, I thought that um, Kylo Ren was a dope character. I thought that the First Order Troopers were really cool looking. I liked Force Awakens. I mean, Force Awakens was pretty dope. It brought back um, Star Wars. The real-life timeline between Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens was uh, 10 years. So, 2005 was when Revenge of the Sith was released, and 2015 is when The Force Awakens was released. So you waited 10 years to see this, and I think there was a lot of in JJ we trust kind of stuff. I don't know. I liked it. I didn't dislike it. I thought it was great. The second one was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. You know, um, seeing, seeing Luke Skywalker that way was a little odd for me. But, you know, after I watched it, you know, I was disappointed at the time a little. But after I watched it, I said, you know, why not? I was like, you know, he's a little washed up. He's gotten older. He'd been through some... So, you know, if he's was, if he been through a lot... Then, you know, he looks kind of beat up and scruffy. And 
you know, he's a little depressed or whatever. I mean, he's isolated on an island by himself. I mean, why not? Just because you're a Jedi doesn't mean you're untouchable and super and all this stuff, you know what I'm saying? Well, Luke Skywalker being all beat up and stuff and drinking that blue milk from that weird cow-looking seal thing was a little bit odd, but I thought it was semi-interesting. It threw me for a loop, not gonna lie, but um, it was okay, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't against it. Uh, I was a little weirded out by the kids, um, you know, the kids being able to use the force out of nowhere. To me, that was a little odd. I know they, I think they strayed away from it. I liked that movie. I, I liked it, I didn't love it. And then the next one I liked, you know, I liked the story of Kylo. I liked the story of Rey. I enjoyed, you know, the new movies in general, overall. I liked Poe Dameron, I liked Finn. You know, I thought it was a cool click. Wasn't against it. It's just, I felt like that last movie, I felt like it was a little rushed. In the beginning, it was fine. The middle, it was fine. Towards the end, I was like, eh. You know, I didn't dislike the idea of them bringing back the Emperor. I thought that was cool. It's just the way they did it. I, I didn't understand how it happened. I wish they could have done a better job at explaining it. I know he was like a clone or built up from a bunch of, I don't know, midichlorians or something in a lab tank or something where he was building himself and he was trying to suck the energy out of people or Ray or I don't know. I don't know. I wish they did a better job explaining it. I like that they added a little bit of a horror-esque tip to it, sort of, when they initially were showing the Emperor. I wasn't against that. I just thought that the rise of Skywalker towards the end when Kylo was kind of becoming a good guy... I was like, wouldn't that be interesting if they flipped it and the rise of Skywalker was actually Ben Solo, right? Kylo Ren. There was a part where he, you know, he came up from that little rock pit or whatever when he got his ass kicked. When he was coming up that I was like, oh crap, the rise of Skywalker is Kylo Ren. And I was just like, wow, that's so cool. If that was going to happen, it felt like an anime. And only like Japanese animation stories have the balls to do crazy like that. And I was super intrigued when it was happening because it came... The thought came through my mind. Of course, I didn't like when they killed Han Solo. That that was a little bit of a bummer um, for me because I'm a big Han Solo fan. But I guess it was the, it was it was time. I guess, and I liked how they tried to do like a film for Han, a film for Leia, and a film for Luke. I thought that was cool. It was fitting, you know, kind of to pay tribute and to make the story more about them and emphasize more on them. Of course, it was sad when Carrie Fisher in real life passed away. So rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. But the movies were really good. Let's get back to the ending of Rise of Skywalker. Rey becoming related to the Emperor. Okay. It was a cool twist, I guess. It didn't like wow me and blow me away, but it was a good idea, I guess. You know, explained how Rey became strong with the Force and stuff. And explained a little bit of how Palpatine was really dead set on getting her down with the team and whatever. So that was cool, I guess. It wasn't bad. I just didn't like the way all of a sudden she just had all the Jedi behind her and she held up her lightsabers in an X and it melted him. I was like, what? It doesn't even make sense. I guess it did because she had all the... Jedi's behind her and he had all the Sith behind him or some stuff like that. I just thought it would have been cooler if her and Kylo got together and beat him, I guess. Like like an actual like beef brawl. And I know they did. They, they got into it a little. They got into a lightsaber scrap, no doubt. But it wasn't much of a scrap. It was more about her, you know, picking up those two lightsabers and be like, all the Jedi and melted him. I thought that was kind of silly. It was just like, all right, let's let's end this. Let's kill the Emperor. How are we going to do it? 
So, I don't know. I just was a little disappointed in the ending. It was also kind of weird and dumb. I, I didn't mind that she went to Tatooine. I didn't mind she buried the lightsabers. I didn't even mind that Luke and Leia gave her a nod. But then when they said she was Rey Skywalker or she was a Skywalker or, or Rey said she was a Skywalker, I was like, really? You're Palpatine, dude. I guess you got adopted. I don't know. You looked up as Leia as your mom, I guess. You look up to Luke as your dad, sort of, like a dad figure. He, you know, actually tried to help you and train you or whatever. The thing that's funny about Star Wars 2 in general is, like, the training. <laughs> Luke, he got trained for three days. Oh, I guess they don't show some of that on screen. And then, you know, Ray got trained for, like, a, a couple of days, too. So all of a sudden, they're Jedis. But, you know, it's a, it's a movie. It's a story. So. so, yeah, I was a little disappointed about the ending of that, but... Like I said before, and I always will say this, more Star Wars is better than no more Star Wars stories. Disney and Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, they're trying, they're doing their thing. I was really bummed when they stopped making live action films. I guess because Solo to them was such a box office disappointment. I didn't think Solo was bad. I liked it. There was some answers. There was some cool things that happened. The one dumb thing was that, that weird squid shrimp looking thing that came out of the water. Like, I don't know how that guy is a drug lord or whatever or in charge when you're like underwater and you really can't do anything. You don't have any powers, but I don't know, I guess. The same way that Jabba the Hutt did, I guess. Um, but that shrimp-looking thing was kind of dumb in the beginning of Solo. And it was kind of weird how they killed it or started going at it when he threw a glass and sunlight killed him like a vampire. I don't know. That was kind of dumb. But the rest of it was pretty cool. I enjoyed watching the young Han Solo. I enjoyed the Millennium Falcon. He stole it from Lando or whatever. Like, they showed that. I don't know. How could you not like that? I, I thought it was cool, man. You know, I thought that they were introducing Ventress Asajj with the chick from Game of Thrones. I thought that's what they were doing there. It was pretty awesome how they gave it a spin and, you know, they put Darth Maul on there. I thought that was super interesting. So Darth Maul was training Asajj. Is, I thought that was going to be Asajj. I mean, she's a chick. She's about the right age. She just wasn't bald yet. So I don't know. I thought that that was where we were going with that. So I'm kind of dying to see part two. And I want to see Darth Maul with those robotic legs in live action. Um, I thought that was super interesting. I thought it was, I was intrigued. I liked it. And I liked that Infant's Nest. Infant's Nest. I don't know how you say that. I really liked that character. She looked pretty cool. You know, even without the helmet, I thought she was pretty cool. I thought the story was good. I liked Solo. Didn't, didn't not like it. You know, it was messed up when the girl kind of turned on him, but that was the twist. But anyway, showed how he met Chewbacca and all that stuff, and I liked it. So Solo was cool to me, so all of a sudden Lucasfilm taking a step back and not making any more movies, I was like, what the... Man... So, you know, I was a little bummed about that, but um, one other thing I wanted to add about Star Wars, guys, I think it's a special family tight-knit thing. What I mean by that is I feel like this story kind of brings families together. I think it's a family movie that you watch together. I don't know. Maybe I feel that way because I watched it with my sister and mother as a kid and my cousins and stuff like that. And everybody in the family loved it. But I feel like it's the type of movie that's kind of handed down from generations, if you will. I think it's a big part of my life in that it brings me together with my family or it makes me feel like that family environment where you could talk about what happens and stuff like that. You know, me and my family were always interested in Star Wars and always into it. So, you know, it's kind of a thing 
something that's passed down from generation to generation. So I just wanted to mention that about Star Wars. I feel like it's a special thing between dads and sons and uncles and nephews and cousins and stuff like that. There's nothing else out there like it. The characters, the collectibles, all that stuff. Nothing else out there like it. That's why to me it's so special and it's so intriguing. It's iconic. It's epic. It's legendary. So, you know, check out Star Wars because Toots Hoops says so. I know you probably, most of you have already watched Star Wars. Maybe some of you even know more than me about Star Wars, even though I know a lot about Star Wars. But there's some of the stuff I don't know. I haven't read all the books. I don't know a lot about the old Jedi Republic. Say that 10 times fast. Some of those video games I didn't play. So I don't know all those lore and stories, but I do know that some of those characters are super interesting. We'll get into that a little bit later. Talking about Star Wars and, you know, the continuation and stuff, we're going to get into another segment of the show and kind of finish what we were talking about. But before we do that, we are going to get into the next segment of the show, which is the, the album, album to, to reflect, reflect on. on. So today's album to reflect on is Black Moon and to the Stage. And to the Stage was released in 1993. And to the Stage is the debut album by American East Coast hip hop group Black Moon, released on October 19th, 1993 through Nervous Records. This album was produced by Black Moon member DJ Evil D along with Mr. Walt of the Beat Miners. And to the Stage features the debut of underground hip hop duo Smith & Wesson, as well as appearances from Havoc of Mob Deep and Drew Ha the co-founder of Duck Down Records. Let's not forget Buckshot Shorty. I'm surprised they don't put him in there. So despite being critically acclaimed and having two singles that charted on the Billboard Hot 100, Who Got the Props and I Got You Open, the album sold poorly. Enter the Stage served as a precursor to the resurgence of the New York hip-hop scene in the mid-1990s. The album was executive produced by Drew Ha and Mike Weiss. That is really funny that it sold poorly. This is one of my favorite albums in the world. Just a huge fan of Black Moon. Just a huge fan of Bootcamp Click. I met Bootcamp Click. I met quite a few of them. I hung out with them. They're really cool people. Buckshot Shorty was a really knowledgeable, nice guy trying to, you know, spread the love and the knowledge. You know, Sean Price was... He, Sean Price was um, a larger-than-life individual. He just liked how he is. He just was a happy, fun-loving guy. Now, ev to me, every single song is awesome. This is a, a, a legendary, epic album, powerful impact. You know, hardcore, gritty beats there. You know, great production. Niggas talk. Who got the props? Act like you want it. Buck them down. Blacksmith and Wesson. Sun get wrecked. Make money, money. Slave. I got you open. Israel and to the stage and how many MCs and you the man. So it's hard to pick one song out of this album. It's just, you know, every single one of these songs is pretty dope. And I know I mentioned it before on my Black Sheep album of the day. A lot of these songs from this album were remixed and remade. And a lot of them were more casual spins on the song. Because this was a hardcore album at the time for underground hip-hop in the 90s. So, you know, some of those remixes were really casual really good feeling um relaxing type vibes great 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 music i mean you know, like i i would say black moon really invented the remix and black sheep when they came out with some of those remixes for their popular songs just great remixes the remix was much different from the song the beat was different even some of the words and the way he says the words were a little different i really give them props uh, get it? Who got the props? Really give them props for this whole album, but I give them props for the remix. Who Got the Props is a great song. Act Like You Want It is a great song. I Got You Open is a great song. And to the stage, 
Wow, so many. And then, of course, how many MCs? So here is some listening, listening, listening. Action, action, action. Black Moon, how many MCs must get dissed? Follow me on a journey to see a for real MC. The mind tricks the body, body thinks the mind is crazy. Whatever's lazy, when I get the flow, I'm swayzy. I'll break, you take whatever type of shit the naked buckshot make. The incredible, lyrical, and original. You can kill a bull if you wanna take a pull. Whatever I see, I attack, attack. Fuck off my back, black nigga, fuck that. The devil lurks and my heart hurts for the hell. Look into the eyes of a nigga who fell. I hit my head on the concrete to beat the feet. I love the dead nigga in the street. Bullseye, direct hit, don't miss. But how many MCs must get this? So, you know, that was like my favorite track from the album, although there are plenty. I love the whole album from beginning to end, but that is my fave. It's got that really hardcore beat, hardcore underground hip-hop right there, Buckshot Shorty, Black Moon, in full effect, BCC Bootcamp Click. I am a Bootcamp Click fan for life. So, big up to Bootcamp Click. Hope you check out that album. If you're a fan of hip-hop, especially underground, you got to check that one out. And if you haven't, you're lost. So there's that. So that was the listening, 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 action, 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 song, 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 song of the day, 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 day. Okay, so listening, action. Black Moon, how many MCs must get this? So let's get into the next part of the show, which is the show that I'm watching. So the show that I'm watching is Celebration 2023 for Star Wars. That's right, y'all. So yeah, so there's a lot of big news on Star Wars. This is super exciting. Some of it I'm excited about. Some of it I'm like, eh, but most of it I'm excited about. So the show that I'm watching is on YouTube and it's Star Wars Celebration 2023 in Europe. Man, I wish I could go and I was rich and I could take off work and just chill and dress up as a Jedi. I can't do that, but that's pretty cool. A lot of cool announcements. So where do I start? Three new movies, y'all, on the horizon from Lucasfilm, officially announced. Now, uh, you could technically take these with a grain of salt, because every time they announce a movie for Lucasfilm, it gets canned somehow. Somehow it gets thrown in the garbage and it never comes to the light of day. So I'll believe it when I see it, technically, but it's really exciting to hear that they are making some movies. Um, these movies do sound like they are official legit. I mean, they did announce them at Star Wars Celebration, and these do sound like real things that they would do. So the chances of these getting made, I would say, are pretty good. So the first one I want to talk about is 15 years after the rise of Skywalker, Rey Skywalker, as we discussed earlier, 15 years after she's going to attempt to rebuild the Jedi Order. So I would say that's pretty interesting. I guess there's going to be a new baddie in town, you know, because Kylo Ren's gone. You know, it'd be cool to see a new badass villain. I'm sure that's going to be awesome. And that one is actually going to be directed by Charmin Obeid Chinoy. 
which is the Miss Marvel director. So I'm looking forward to that one. That one sounds like it could be pretty good. The next one I want to talk about is by Dave Filoni himself. So the creator, executive producer of The Mandalorian is actually going to be working on a film that is going to culminate the shows that we're watching on Disney+. Plus: Mandalorian, Book of Boba, and Ahsoka. So those three shows are going to somehow intertwine. And I'm pretty sure this movie is going to bring a lot of those stories together. And it's going to probably end it. That would be my guess. I guess it's going to end Grogu's story and Jin Jaren, Jin Jaren, however you say it, Mandalorian story. So it's going to be really nice to see that on the silver screen. Dave Filoni has breathed new life into the Star Wars saga. So I trust him and I think it's going to be a good one. So the next movie, that's going to focus on the New Republic era. So that is going to be really interesting to check out. And we also have a film by James Mangold. James Mangold actually wrote and directed or just wrote the Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny, which also was announced on the Star Wars Celebration, which was pretty great to see. I mean, Harrison Ford still looks great. Big up to Harrison Ford. And being Indiana Jones, I'm looking forward to another indie movie. Probably going to see that one in the theaters. Looking forward to it. Looks good. So, um, yeah, so he's off of that one. And he is going to be doing a film that is going to be set 25,000 years in the past. 25,000 years in the past. And it's going to be the origin of the Jedi Order. So, yeah, so that should be super interesting, you know, to see the beginning of the Jedi Order and um, how it all pans out and bringing that story together. Excited about that one. And, you know, there's a couple of other ones. You know, they got the Lando series that they're still talking about. I don't know how much news is out there on that one, but it should definitely be happening. I assume that uh, Donald Glover will be playing that role again. And, of course, you got the Ahsoka series. Now, the trailer was super exciting. The Ahsoka series, August 2023. The best part, guys, is seeing Admiral Throne. Now, if you read Heir to the Empire, which I actually did read most of that book. I still haven't finished it. Shame on me. I know. Shame on me. Shame, shame, shame. The Heir to the Empire is a very popular storyline. And from what I've read of Admiral Thrawn, he's pretty kick-ass. I mean, he's got blue skin and red eyes, and he's got a white outfit. He wears, like, the sergeant outfit of the Imperials, and he's in charge, and he's the Grand Admiral. He's pretty badass. And he's found out ways to make Jedi wielders of the Force not have their powers with these Esalamirs. They're like worms that take away the Force powers from the Jedi. So that should be interesting. Thrawn being in the live action here, guys, that's a big deal. Thrawn is badass. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to that one just for Thrawn. Nothing against Rosario. You're a great actress, and I love the way that you play Ahsoka. You're just a great actress in general, Rosario. So big up to Rosario. Looking forward to that live action. She's got two lightsabers. I really like the Ahsoka character. Not my favorite in the franchise, but I definitely did like the character. Seeing Rosario Dawson bring that character to life is really special. In The Mandalorian, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. Looking forward to her own show. So big up to Rosario Dawson. Big up to watching that Ahsoka Tano series in August 2023. So awesome stuff there. And then they really, really pushed this Acolyte show. So they pushed the Acolyte, which is actually directed by Leslie Headland. So this is going to be in the High Republic era before the events of the main Star Wars films. Amanda Steinberg and Lee Jung-Jae, who you guys know as the guy who was in the Squid Games. So they're going to be starring in that. This will be 100 years before The Phantom Menace. It will explain 
How the Sith Infiltrated the Jedi. Sounds like a really interesting series. I'm hoping that it's dark. It sounds dark. And speaking of dark, or speaking of Darth, there is going to be a lot of Darths in this one, guys. I'm, I'm hearing Darth Reaven's going to be in this. Darth Plagueis is going to be in this. Darth Malak is going to be in this. And Darth Malgus. So these are some of the most badass Darth characters that we've ever seen. And I'm looking forward to seeing these guys on screen. This is going to be epic, y'all. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to some of that new Star wars is coming out. You know, that one is not going to be out till 2024, but a lot of cool Star Wars stuff happening in the future. So it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, y'all. And I had to take time to explain some of that to y'all so you guys are aware of some of the new news for Star Wars. And I'm really looking forward to it, guys. It's definitely an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, y'all. So that, that is, is the, the show, show that I'm watching, watching y'all. Excited to give you guys some of that news. For the next part of the show, stuff you need to try for your well-being. Now, guys, it would be really silly if I didn't say this. Any escapism is good. Any way that you can watch a show or get into a story is good but you know what i gotta say here y'all watch star wars guys stop what you're doing and watch star wars if you haven't done that man you know use the force go in front of your tv sit down and watch the original a new hope you can start there just such a great flick escapism in general is great you know just to get away from some of your problems for five minutes so you know to get into any story any storyline is really really an important thing to do any type of therapeutic or just you know Know, relaxation just to take your mind off. Now, I mean, but watching Star Wars, guys, is it's stuff you need to try for your well-being, especially if you haven't done it before. If you haven't seen Star Wars, you're lost. <laughs> the next part of the show is what, what the heck, heck is on my mind today? What the heck else could be on my mind today other than Star Wars? Star Wars Celebration is on. I'm watching it. It's really exciting to see. Wish I could go to one of those things. It must be so cool. You know, I'm not one of them cosplay type dudes, but it must be a lot of fun to go to these. Kind of like a Comic-Con, but it's a Star Wars-a-thon. I had probably the time of my life when I was in Galaxy's Edge, just being in the Star Wars universe and feeling like I was in it. So to see these announcements live and to see these actors live must be a lot of fun, y'all. So what the heck is on my mind today is really exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. I know I said it three times already, but really is really happy to hear that um, Disney and Lucasfilm is coming out with some new Star Wars films. So that, that is what the heck, heck is on my mind today. So original song by Sabaton. Sabaton, Chaton, original song, y'all. This one is, you know, I know I probably talked on the first episode and I know I've talked about how hip hop was to me at the time, late 90s. You know, I'm a 90s hip hop head late 90s hip-hop to me. It started getting a little odd towards the end of the 90s into the 2000s. I didn't really care for some of it. I was more into the underground stuff, as you guys probably have figured out already. But like some of this Puff Daddy stuff and Jada Kiss and 50 Cent, like I know those are club favorites and don't hate me, but I just wasn't into that stuff, y'all. I like them for what they are, you know, you the club hits or whatever, but when those come on, I usually prefer to sit down. I guess I'll sit there and bob my head for a little bit, but, but if I'm dancing on the dance floor and I'm hopping to uh, It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock and then I'm dancing to some um, House of Pain jump around type stuff and, and then I hear Black Sheep Choice is yours. I'm off the easy at that point and then all of a sudden y'all throw on 50 Cent or Jadakiss or Ludacris or one of those guys. I don't know. I get them confused. Or the guy that always talks like this, baby. That guy, you know, I can't get into that stuff. It's just not my thing. You know, I gotta respect them for what they are. You know, those guys are doing their thing and uh, they help transition hip-hop not sure if that's a good thing because it turned into whatever weirdness it is today but this song 
song is about spiking the punch. You know, Chaw Tone, Cybertone, we were throwing a little extra something in there. We were spiking the punch. The punch meaning hip-hop. Us adding that extra little flavor or that little twist of flavor, if you will. That's basically what this song's about, y'all. So let's listen to it. The Cybertone original song of the day. You guys know this beat. Seems like there's a party, but there's hardly any grooving. The punch bowl is the industry, and no one's really doing music that's different. It's just the same old, same old. Yeah, boss, it's always easy. Job rule or J Lo. No offense to them, yo. I'm not hating, I'm waiting for other talent to challenge the artists who keep taking variety and creativity out of the show. That's why Tony and I came by to spike the bowl with tight flows, butter beats, and some green alcohol. We got honey's taking sips and about to fall. I shout for y'all, cause ain't no one doing shit. Charge on swag piece and lyrics to get you moving, kid. And player and doing it. Trying hard to stay true in it. You're using it, we prove it. We spike the punch, they ruin it. There's not just one, there's two. It. Regardless, kid, we're ruling it. We, we spiking the punch. We be spiking the punch. Better know now. We be spiking the punch. You didn't know what? We be spiking the punch. We be spiking the punch. In the school cafeteria, you just caught me a bagel. My boys are making beats banging on the table. After I'm done chomping, I'll be willing and able to rep spit my shit and I go by the label of H-O-B-I-T in this group called Chaton. My boy's name is Charlie, it's Char if he's alone. He's the beat maker, the engineer is me tone. This ain't no regular punch, we spike it on this microphone. Punch meaning rap without that extra little something. Add us in the ingredients, that means Chaton is coming. Pick up, we be spiking the punch. We be spiking the punch. Ew, 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 ew. We be spiking the punch. Ew, 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 ew. We be spiking the punch. Ew, 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 ew. Oh no, oh yes, it's another smooth rhythm. I'll start to get in and whether you're wildin' or you're chillin', I feel like stealing back what is rightfully ours. Hip hop is for the people, cause it's the people with power. It's either now or never. Remember, there's only one. So do what you gotta do to get a piece of that sun. If you got it, then let it be heard. Rock it and mean every word as if it was your last before you left this earth. From your first day of birth to when you're under the dirt. If you got in a verse, make sure that shit is mad tight. Whether it's off the top or the shit that you write. Cause if it's garbage, we'll be honest, but don't think it's Despite the type of tempo getting into what we've been through A nice momentum for a simple issue to hit you Cause ever since these two got together with the beats It's been buttery flavory type of next level treats Is it me or do others get bored with what's popular? That's the reason we spit so people could rock with us So stop with the popping, fluffing awful stuff that's got me barfing up Fleming vomit on us, it's gotten so really rotten Spiking a punch, bringing it back to hip hopping We spiking a punch what we be spiking a punch, don't you know? We be spiking a punch, recognize. We be spiking a punch, ah, once again. We be spiking a punch, us. We be spiking a punch. Chaton is about regular, funny, typical stuff. Not about coming to fraud, killing, and acting all rough. See, we think of the early days, of way back when. On our street corner, guys would beatbox and represent. Nowadays, the same corner is a place where life's at. Some people that are killed there are really just innocent. Stop all the dumb shit, choose the right words and give a shit. Cause you don't know whether you will see the next day. It could mean something though, let's teach a positive way. Instead of bragging about how much dough you have, how many people you killed, how much girls are in your path. These rappers are a tool to make all the people laugh. You 
say keep it real, but real rhymers honor their craft. It's not about the fame or the money making math. This rap is filthy like a pig, only it really needs a bath. Sing the chorus with me, Charles Holmes here, so feel the rat. We be spiking the punch. 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 You didn't know. We be spiking the punch. We be spiking the punch. We be spiking the punch. Oh, you we get this. We be spiking the punch. Charles We be spiking the punch. A microphone. All those dumb motherfuckers, cause records was got the psychotics. But it's nice out today, so I think I'll call him and roll up to my man's house, Charlie. But it's not the cellular no more, now it's the headphones in the car when I'm driving. Yo, 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 now I'm mad loving. What you doing? I'm just playing, representing. But I'm on the phone with you, and all the people are sweating us. I got the play button on, Char, don't worry about it. I'm about to come through the crib to scream and shout it. Will they hate us? No way, that's impossible, I doubt it. Where it be on stage, the lines to get in mad crowded. Must be the Char's own shit. Well, it's coming out the speaker. We could be like, I'm the little troll, and you're the big type little creature. We be spiking the punch. Ew, 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 ew. We be spiking the punch. Yo, for real, will we be spiking the punch. Ew, 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 ew. Before everybody, we be spiking the punch. We be spiking the punch. You didn't know. We be spiking the punch. Whoa, 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 whoa. We be spiking the punch. Y'all niggas is funny. We be spiking the punch. Bring it back to the park. We be spiking the punch. And your little little dog, dog, spiking the punch. And Mayor Giuliani, spiking the punch. And your your sister, spiking the punch. Daughter-in-law, spiking the punch. And what about everything you like? Whoa, yeah, so spiking the punch, Chartone, Cybertone, what happened to the rapping? Yeah, man, I really like that song. That's a good one. Really just a casual um, type vibe on there, you know, just talking about changing up hip hop, making it, you know, a little different. And a little twist in the game, you know what I'm saying? So, um, Spike and the Punch is the original Cybertone song of the day. Hope you all enjoyed that one. So, that wraps up episode five of Talking with Tones 2, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. If you enjoyed, don't forget to click subscribe. And also, don't forget to click the bell notification so you don't miss any of my videos. Wouldn't want to do that. If you're listening and want to check out some cool Tones Tube stuff, make sure you follow the Facebook group. Thank you for watching Talking with Tones Tube, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. See you next time, guys, on episode six. Talking with tones too, we're talking with tones too, we're talking, 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 talking with tones too, talking with tones too, we're talking with tones too, we're talking, 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 talking with tones too.